I'm a racist, and I committed to a life of anti-racism. Today's podcast is exploring how to be an anti-racist. And I'll briefly start off with just sharing some moments uh, over the past week or so of where racism has shown up within my life as a white and privileged male. A number of things I've noticed have been taking place. One of them is an example where of white neutrality and silence. And, and this, I imagine, is, is taking place all over the country where organizations or individuals, maybe they're predominantly white organizations, are not speaking up or saying anything in the face of this moment uh, and past moments and future moments of racial injustice. And one of the examples that's that showed up in, in one of my mentor groups, uh, mindfulness mentor group, is one of the teachers. Uh, we were I was expressing some of my, you know, it was a largely predominantly white group, and I was expressing some of, you know, all the things that I'm noticing in this uh, how to be an anti-racist. And one of the things that I think they said in, in response to that, which was a f- way of them trying to validate, you know, what I was sharing, uh, was well, sometimes, you know, in moments of, uh, you know, as a, as a white male, stepping back and doing nothing, you know, that's, that's okay because we're not doing harm. And to me, in that moment, I noticed the urge, the anti-racist urge to challenge that statement. And I didn't. I sat in the midst of my own kind of white neutrality, which, if I'm honest, I've been sitting in for almost 24 years now, a passivity that is passive and, and neutral and, and does not move in the direction of the liberation of black, brown, uh, Native American, Latinx uh, communities that are being oppressed. When we sit back and we say nothing and we do nothing and we don't actually acknowledge moments of racism, like that one moment where, you know, if we sit back in, in, in a privileged and power, posi- power position uh, as a white male, if we just sit back and just kind of observe, that's doing more harm than good. Uh, so that was a moment where white neutrality and, and silence showed up, and I've been noticing that a number of times this week. Another another time that I noticed that was when I was on a call with a friend, and we were just catching up about you know mindfulness and talking, and and I had the anti-racist thought pop into my mind. You know, I wonder if I should ask them. You know, are they because they're in the D.C. region? Are they are they going to the protests? What are they doing? But for some reason, the the white neutrality uh, kept me from actively asking that question. And so we didn't have a conversation about anti, you know, what we might be doing in this moment about anti, to be an anti-racist. So I am a racist and I am committed to a life of anti-racism. Another example coming up in the past week or so was, you know, I am in a relationship with uh, my girlfriend who is biracial and identifies as black. And as the founder and executive director of Evolving Minds, I've been wondering how we can support the Black Lives Matter movement on our social platforms. And we don't have much engagement, but just acknowledging that we hear you, we support you, I'm an anti-racist, you know, we, Evolving Minds, is anti-racist in nature. And I would go to Fiona and I would say, you know, hey, do you look at this TikTok post or, or this Instagram post or what do you think about this or that? 
And I was so blinded by ignorance and unawareness that I didn't see that I was actually causing harm and possibly burdening her uh, in this moment when people of color are already burdened uh, tremendously by the uh, racial injustice. And then also all of these white people reaching out, uh, you know, how can I, you know, what can I do or, or teach me or educate me? And, uh, and so I was completely blinded by my own ignorance of, wait a second. And, and I was kind of faintly aware that something was off. And so I asked the question, you know, is this, you know, things you would like for me to communicate with you? And she said, well, no, because I don't speak for the black community. And so as I'm learning how to be an anti-racist, I'm starting to see every day, every waking moment, all of the racist construction and ideas within my consciousness. Another example is uh, I work at Mom's Organic, which is a, a grocery store, and I, and behind the register, there's you know a thousand thousands of people that I interact with on a day to day basis, and because I'm committed to a, a life of anti racism, I see the racist ideas of my consciousness and actually the behaviors and the prejudices of only you know communicating more with white people or who I perceive as white more so than people of color or people of different ethnic backgrounds based on how I perceive the color of their skin and their physical features. And so the insight that I gained was that I'm communicating within a bubble. I'm communicating with people that I would normally communicate with because I've constructed a, 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 a pattern of communication with people that I perceive as white, and so I will engage them more. And my, my whole you know, intention is meaningful conversations with people as they move through the register. And, and when I see this racist idea, you know, going back to the point that I started this podcast with, that I am a racist and I am committed to a life of anti-racism, when I see this racist idea, I can consciously acknowledge it and shift out of these patterns and challenge, challenge my own habits to then engage with everyone on an equitable level. So I am a racist in some moments, probably more moments that I'm uh, aware of. And at the same time, I'm committed to dismantling these racist ideas and behaviors and habits and patterns within my consciousness. I'd like to pause here and acknowledge that a lot of what I'm sharing with you is based on the work of Ibram Kendi, his book, How to Be an Anti-Racist, and also Stamped from the Beginning, and countless other authors that I've explored in my own self-education process of trying to understand how do I be an anti-racist. Uh, one of the ways is acknowledging that I am, that I am a racist, and, and for many of us that we are racist. And, and, and uh, I was watching a TED Talk today by Ibram Kendi where he talked about, it was all about how to build an anti-racist world. Very powerful, and I recommend watching it. And uh, denial is the heartbeat of racism, I believe he said. Denial is the heartbeat of racism. So in this moment, I would like to, you know, explore with you, can you, can we commit to a lifetime of anti-racism? I'd like to a little, explore a little bit more how I work with racist ideas within my consciousness, how I work with homophobic ideas within my consciousness, how I work with sexist ideas, all of the cultural uh, harm and garbage and, uh, that exists within my consciousness, likely yours as well. How do I dismantle that? What do I do, right? How do we step out of some of these you know, feelings that can actually uh, 
keep us from joining this fight, from from resisting. Uh, so letting go of, oh, I, I'm right or wrong, right? Because it's not about being right or wrong. It's about the liberation of oppressed people. So mindfulness is a tool of anti-racism. And one of the ways when I start to see, you know, mindfulness allows me to observe every single moment, every waking moment, every waking moment I can observe and I can see. I can see what's happening moment by moment, my physiological sensations within the body, the aversion, the fear. I can see the emotions. I can feel them and I can observe it all without necessarily getting caught and attached to an outcome. I can step back and listen. I can listen to what is right, what, what is just. So for example, uh, let's say I'm walking in my neighborhood and I observe a person of color walking towards me or away from me. And I will, if I'm not aware, I may enter into a number of actions or behaviors, also known as microaggressions, checking my pocket, looking over my shoulder, moving to the other side of the road, not acknowledging this human being, eye aversion. Uh, so without an awareness of a racist idea of, of what's happening in that moment, I can just go on and continue harming. But when I'm paying attention to every single moment, every single moment, I see that my mind creates this imagination uh, situation where this individual is harming me. It becomes violent. You know, there's an interaction within the mind where this person of color, they're, you know, you'll, you'll see that it's like, what? There's this violent fantasy. And we can go, and that's what leads to these behaviors that we're unaware of because it happens in less than seconds. Also known as implicit biases, these microseconds, these things, they, the thoughts happen, you're not even aware of them. So if I'm observing each and every moment, I can see that. And what I do in those moments is I say, in the back of my mind, this is a racist idea. This is a racist construction. I see it. I'm aware of it. And then I have options. I have a choice to go down an anti-racist route. And so with mindfulness, I'm observing. I'm paying attention to my feet on the ground. I'm aware of my the bodily movements. I'm aware that this racist idea is con has just constructed. I'm aware of fear and aversion in my chest. I'm aware of the sense of the urge of fleeing. And yet here's this human being that I've just walked past. And that's it. And so why do we need to move in the direction of anti-racism? Because if these biases, if these harmful racist ideas and patterns aren't brought into the light of awareness, they lead to the death of black, brown, uh, Native American, uh, countless uh, communities of color. It leads to the death of these individuals. And we are seeing that with George Floyd, but we are also seeing that with Ahmaud Arbery, and we are seeing that with the hundreds of uh, black and brown bodies that are brutalized because of a lack of awareness of racist constructions within the mind. So in those moments, I acknowledge that I see this racist idea, right? Because I'm going to go back to the initial statement that I started this podcast with, that I'm a racist and I'm committed to a life of dismantling racism and being an anti-racist. I may pause in that moment, acknowledge this is a racist idea, 
and then offer loving kindness in the direction of the being that I've just oppressed. And that can look like many things. That could look like intentionally, uh, you know, smiling or waving at this human being, shifting out of conscious patterns of aversion and fear. That could look like internally, you know, offering that being, may you be well, may you be happy, may you be free from suffering. Um, and, and so that's kind of a two-step process of unfolding. And, and honestly, there isn't much talk within the white mindfulness community around how to actually use uh, these ancient traditional tools to dis- dismantle oppressive uh, mind states. So I'm very open to learning. If anyone would like to share, um, that would be appreciated. This goes into the next piece of this, this podcast is, so I'm a racist, and I'm an anti-racist, and it, and it fluctuates. It goes on a spectrum back and forth. One moment I'm a racist, another I'm an anti-racist, and I'm a caring human being. Uh, and, and that's the nature of some of what I'm starting to understand through Ibram Kendi's anti-racist work. I really, really encourage you to explore that, the book, How to Be an Anti-Racist. I've gone through a number of really uh, potentially triggering uh, examples and so I would like to invite a pause here, uh, around 30 seconds or so. If you'd like to pause with me, please do. Uh, if you'd like to take three deep breaths in, that choice and option exists. But I'll sit here with you for 30 seconds or so, uh, knowing that I'm here with you, uh, I'm listening, I'm in this space to support wherever you are. There are also a lot of powerful meditations and mindfulness practices uh, that actually uncover prejudices and biases. And sitting with them and working with those is really important so that we aren't going out in the world and continuing to harm. On a small scale, you know, those thoughts may seem like they're just thoughts. On a large scale, mass incarceration is a result of unchecked biases by uh me, by politicians, by influencers. Uh, So the practice of pausing and journeying inward is one way of being an anti-racist. I'd actually like to share a number of different action steps if you're wondering, well, what can I do in this moment to be an anti-racist? One of them is is self-education. So really taking the time to read, to write, to listen, to podcasts, to stories, uh, and you're going to want to explore what's being said by the communities that are most being impacted right now. Um, and part of being an, uh, an anti-racist, so I'm going to go back to my main idea in this podcast, I'm a racist and I'm committed to a life of anti-racism. Part of the main idea of self-education is continuing to integrate these books, these podcasts, these movies. What movies are you watching? And who are the main characters? And if we are supporting specific movies with certain main characters, then are we com- contributing to a system of oppression where only certain you know, people within 
the movies in, within Hollywood are, are, are put on a, a hierarchy of, of value and, and scale. So self-education, and, and, and that is a really important piece to, to integrate into your day-to-day life. Uh, you know, when you read books, who are the authors of the books that you're reading? So self-education is a lifelong process, and, and I've really, there's a quote out there, I can't remember who, who said it, but anti-racism is really a process of learning and living, and through Ibram Kendi's How to Be, Build an Anti-Racist World uh, of Loving, you know, the process of being an anti-racist, I, I hadn't even put linked those together yet, and, and yet I had some tears in my eyes earlier today to really, yes, it loving you know this is this is what it's about um more action steps challenge challenge your your families and your friends and this goes back into the patterns that i've expressed earlier in this podcast of white neutrality and i will continue as an anti-racist this is you know if i could pull out a deep intention right now this is my intention and yet i am caught again and again in patterns of silence 24 years. So how? How do we challenge our families and friends? Well, part of it's we have to learn self-education through what it is. How do we actually challenge them in a way that we can bring them along to be anti-racist? If we are not going into those spaces uh, where our family members or friends are being racist, are contributing to harm and oppression, because it's hard for us, it's hard for me as a white male to be in that space and to listen, then that's a privilege. That's a privilege to to, co- to just say, oh, you know what? I don't have to be, I, I can I cannot listen to that, right? I can step outside of that. The anti-racist steps in there and really challenges the people that they love. Another way that you can step into action right now for life is, do- is donate. What organizations are on the front line? Protest, uh, supporting protests, supporting the gross inequities within the pandemic. You know, what healthcare institutions and organizations are really supporting communities that have been hit the hardest uh, as a result of the pandemic? And what organizations have been doing this work for years? And how can we get more deeply engaged with them through volunteering, through our networks? Each of us has a sphere of influence. Who do we know? Politicians, leaders, who do we know? And how can we get them connected? An action step that, you know, I'm attuning to in this moment is, you know, I'm a racist and I'm committed to a lifelong of anti-racism. You can sign petitions. You can text people. You can, I've been getting a number of email chains forwarded to me with resources. Keep sending that around uh, for the self-education piece. Uh, and the awareness. Social media. Who are you following on social media? What influencers? You know, can you follow people and amplify their voices, amplify what they're doing? Specifically, people of color that are in this, uh, you know, that are 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 raising awareness right now. How can we support them, amplify their voices on our on platforms? Another really important action step right now. Is, re- is refraining from burdening people of color. Um, so this was actually in another call where, you know, someone had said that they had reached out to to someone 
who was a uh, you know person of color wanting them to educate them you know right now and and that is a huge burden and and really stepping back and going to the self education piece going back to the mindfulness practice of working with your biases your racist ideas on your own so that we don't burden communities that are already burdened by the full brunt of racism elections elections are happening a big election is happening very soon so what can we do to make sure that we put people into power in positions of power that can change racist policies what are we doing who are we helping vote get out the vote and i'm going to sp- be honest and authentic here saying that how i've attuned to voting in elections has been from a, a, a deep place of privilege that it's almost irrelevant. And it's so relevant and it's so important because just in this Baltimore City election with Brandon Scott and Sheila Dixon, it's coming down to very small number of votes. Total. And so the act of voting, which I did on the day of, could change. You know, who is the anti-racist candidate on any ticket? Another action step is protesting. Protesting individually, you know, in your organizations, in your, uh, in your communities, in your families. Uh, protesting individually by, you know, who are you supporting when you buy things? The organizations that you support. And collectively joining protests and being careful to really explore what are your intentions for going into those protests. Something that I attuned to today from Ibram Kendi's How to, Be- How to Build an Anti-Racist World is when we explore these racist ideas, such as when, you know, when I notice that I am having uh, violent, you know, thoughts about violence as a person of color approaches me, I can go into a tailspin of I'm a bad person, shame, guilt, and I want to alleviate those feelings, right? I want to move beyond them. Well, that could lead me down a path of joining a movement, of joining a protest, simply because I want to feel better. And so really paying attention to what are your internal motivations for this moment and for all moments. And I'll leave it there with I'm a racist and I am committed to a lifelong way of living that is fueled by the fire of anti-racism.